Welcome to Life After Business, the podcast where your host, Ryan Tansom, brings you all the information you need to exit your company and explore what life can be like on the other side. Welcome back to the Life After Business podcast. This is episode 92. If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to episode 91 with Bobby and what it's like inside of the eyes of a buyer, why someone would buy your company, how it's valued inside the depths of private equity firms and why they're trying to get a rate of return and what it's like to partner with them, go back, give it a listen to because this is part two of this two-part series. Today, we have on the show Bobby Kingsbury from MCM Capital and one of his CEOs of a company that he bought, Mark Calcaterra from the Torsen Group. And they're both on the show today to give us an absolute real, raw, live experience of what it's like from Mark's perspective on why he chose the private equity route, why he chose Bobby and MCM, how they rolled four companies into one, what the due diligence process was like, how they came to valuations, what the whole goal was going forward and how they could capitalize on a growing business and increasing EBITDA and conquering an industry. The reason I really enjoyed having them both on the show and I thought it was a good idea is because they're both extremely open and honest about what the entire process was like sitting across a table from each other without a bunch of fluff or BS. So I really hope you enjoy the interview with Mark and Bobby. This episode of Life After Business is brought to you by Solidity Financial's Growth and Exit Planning. Their proven process gives you clarity on all of your exit options and how those options impact your financial success, timing, and future happiness. Sell your company on your time frame to the right buyer at the price you want. Good morning, Bobby and Mark. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Thanks, Ryan. Well, this is series uh, two, or part two of the series, and we're going to get some uh, real raw perspective from Mark on what it's like to partner up and be bought out by a private equity firm from MCM Capital and Bobby. And so Mark, why don't you, for the listeners, um, give us a little bit of backdrop in how you started your business and some of the major milestones that led you up to the triggering point to start uh, looking and searching out there. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I guess from a, from a process standpoint, I guess that first point out is is before, like over two years before the, the transaction, I actually met Bobby, and uh, we actually met on the golf course. And perfect uh, place per- to me, perfect place. <laughs> and um, you know, we just had a, a general business discussion. It wasn't about acquiring our business or anything like that. It was just really a an intro that we met through a, a mutual colleague and. You know that that kind of kicked it off, and we stayed in touch for for several years. You know, in different events, and um, I, I will say, just fast forwarding that, um, that definitely helped with the process. And when we were, and I'll explain a little bit about the, the situation we were in and and how we got to private equity. But I, I would just say that 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 was a big help, and it was a it was a comfort level for us and and for me personally uh, when we went through that. As far as our, our business, and we actually had four. And my background is in manufacturing, and I went to work for a distribution company, um, and it was a family-owned business. It was actually in the garage door, the garage door business, and we sold different types of parts, weather seals and hardware and accessory type products. And the idea there is, I came from a manufacturing company and went to this this distribution company. The idea was to vertically integrate. And um, we started three other businesses to support the distribution company. So the family that owned the business had a, I guess, a person that was in charge. 
and and he was there, but uh, there was a father that was involved that was was elderly and and wanted to transition out. So they really wanted to find somebody to help run the business. So that that's kind of how I got got into the distribution side. And then over the next six or seven years, we vertically integrated three additional businesses, and um, it was really to support that distribution. And it was a a host of different types of manufacturing processes, and and we built those up. So as, as we progressed, the business became very successful. All of them were very successful. And there was just a, uh, uh, from a family standpoint, there was a, a, a lot of issues. And it, it, it uh, seven. <laughs> Shocking, Ryan. Right? So, I mean, it, it really escalated to a point where it, it got toxic and, and um, became legal. And without getting into that whole drama, um, you know, we were looking at different ways to try and, and each of the entities. So although I had common ownership with my partner, who was one of the owners, of, you know, one of the family members, um, I actually didn't have ownership in the distribution company. So there was really eight people involved. And when, as we were going through the process, trying to figure out how to, you know, kind of work through that, obviously I thought of Bobby and I didn't have any background in private equity, didn't know a ton about it you know, heard some things, but, you know, in looking at how we were going to finance that, um, we really came to that conclusion that private equity was a, a good solution to, to really make everybody whole. And, and I don't know if it'd be a great deal for everybody, it'd be a way to, to really separate it. So that's kind of how we, we, we got to the point of, of working with MCM and Bobby and, and, and making that transaction. Yeah, no wonder out of eight uh, partners, Bobby probably seemed like a gem. <laughs> so, no, private equity didn't look that bad. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, we can set the was, benchmark pretty yeah, well, was, right? <laughs> yeah, you're throwing in life preservers. It was, it was tough. So well, let's I appreciate the, the backdrop, Mark. So when you guys, where in that journey was the two years when you had met? So, you know, Bobby, when you know, you started talking to Mark, what was some of the original conversations? And, you know, Mark, where were you like, you know, in your head or the, the, the experience that you had had with different options by the time you met Bobby? Was it, didn't know what private equity was? Were you thinking about an exit? Were you not, you know, were you planning it? And kind of how did that mental journey go over those two years? And then when did the, when did the pre pressure and tension come so much that you guys actually started to, to, to search for options? Yeah, at the point of when I met Bobby, we weren't looking at exiting at all. It was really, um, like I said, we met casually through a, a mutual business colleague, and um, you know that that relationship flourished from there. But at that point, we were growing the businesses, and really, I was, you know, it, like a lot of um, small business owners, doing a lot of different things, trying to juggle a lot of different things. Didn't have a um, a, a really big team. It was, you know, it was me and a, a few good soldiers and, and we did hire some people along the way, but it was, uh, you know, it was like every, every challenge of a small business owner, just trying to, trying to make it work, grow the business. And we, we were successful, but you know, there was, it was it's tough. You kind of just gravitate to what, what the business need is and, and working towards that. So, but when we initially met, no, we weren't even looking at, uh, exiting at that point. Uh, we were just still growing the business. Like I said, in that two years, though, 
the uh, business has started becoming very successful and our revenue was growing, our profit was growing, and, and the people that weren't very interested from a family perspective before became more interested. And, and, and I would just say a, a little politically, the, the owner that was there was kind of a, a passive owner. And um, I don't know that they really were in love with the way um, he was he was doing things. So as you can appreciate, uh, that continued to escalate. And then, you know, it fast forward to about two years after where we're at a point where something had to happen. And uh, it was a big distraction to the business. And, you know, we needed a solution. And, you know, when when Mark and I first met on on the golf course, I, I don't think we I mean, for the first few, we, we, we didn't talk anything about private equity. It was more no. one, him and I were partners, so we wanted to win first and foremost. That was number one. <laughs> yeah, we knew we were both competitive. <laughs> uh, and then and then number two, we just talked general business stuff. He, you know, he was telling me about, um, you know, his, his business and what he was doing. And, you know, I, I just told him, you know, certain things that we see in, in, in businesses and, really had no no discussion about potentially doing a deal later on just kind of wanted to to have fun that day get get to know him and then you know over the course of of two years you know started to to talk more you know we went out and played a few more times um (laughs) and then you know when when the timing was right you know mark mark reached out you know really based on the relationship that that we had developed over over that two year period. When did the revenues and EBITDA get discussed? Where you, Bobby, you might know it might be a prospect for you, or that you know, Mark, did you reach out to Bobby just for some pure advice because of the the crazy storm that you were in? I mean, and when did you guys start to think about, like, hey, this actually might work? I I would say it was it was probably a, a little bit of both. It, it wasn't until after that that two year period where you know Mark called and said, hey, you, you know. Uh, I, I think there might be an opportunity for us to to do something together moving forward. Let's let's have lunch. So we we had lunch at that time. I didn't know you know how how big uh, the, the the companies were um, in, in totality, but I I knew you know we we wanted to uh, to put all four together uh, strategically. It it made sense for the business. It was a way for the family members uh, that weren't involved in the business. Well, actually, none of them were. To, to to really provide them some liquidity and settle some of their disputes that were outside of of the normal course of business that business that was really distracting to to Mark and his team. So, and and Mark, when you which makes a ton of sense, Mark, did you because of the relationship with Bobby just reach out or did you like? explain the, like, what the heck were you thinking? Because I'm assuming with what you're going through, you're probably going to bed every single night going, how in the heck am I going to fix this? You know, what went through your head? What are some yeah. options that you were thinking of um, along the way? Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we looked in, and actually with my partner, we looked at a lot of different things as far as trying to personally finance it, trying to consider a, um, another partner. Um, but to be honest, you know, none of those really made sense. So it was really trying to figure out a way to make everybody whole. And, and it was a stressful time for me. I mean, being a part of some of the legal proceedings and, and being drug into that um, and still trying to keep all the businesses focused and, and growing, it, it, it was a it was a difficult, desperate time. And, and honestly, the, the private equity at the end of it was really the only option for us at least in my mind and in, in talking to my partner that that was 
that was really it. It was, uh, but it was a difficult time. Mm-hmm. So came to me when you were desperate. Yeah, exactly. There was no other option. Good, good for him, right? Yeah. Bob, Bobby's uh, benchmark again is not getting set for you. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's interesting uh, because, um, you know, for some scope, what were the size revenues of the different companies? I mean, how did it fit into you know Bobby's criteria? Was it in? Did you look at other private equity as well? Uh, we did not. Um, and just to talk about the businesses, the, the, the businesses in totality were 25, 26 million. Now there was some intercompany sales and that's where we can talk a little bit about the, the quality of earnings and, and trying to come to, uh, trying to come to a number where it made sense. There was a lot of, cause you have to pull out the intercompany and really come to a EBITDA number that, you know, that makes sense. And. There was a lot of addbacks with with the family and and what they had, so it was that was a long process. But you know, I would say we we did hire an outside person to come in and help with that, um, which was a huge help because uh, we were using a, a a public accountant. I would I guess I would say that didn't really know the business that well and was really just rolling up financials. Now we did implement a uh, SAP B1, which was a small it's a smaller platform on the SAP enterprise system. But so, I mean, it, it, it did a lot of financial calculations. It's just as far as analyzing that, uh, our public accountant was just um, just regurgitating the numbers. There was no strategic piece of that. Um, so other than my review, um, we weren't getting a lot of help. So um, that process was took us a while and it was definitely challenging. But I think through it, we learned a lot. Um, we learned a lot about the business. I, I did personally. So it, you know, it, it, it was a so, process for sure. So, so when you had uh, kind of had more serious conversations together, guys, was that kind of the, the first and only person that you were going down this route with Mark? Um, and then if so, you know, did you guys, you know, Bobby, did you start due diligence right off the bag? Explain kind of how you guys started formalizing the, the good relationship that you had already started. Yeah. Why'd you choose me? <laughs> Why'd you choose me, buddy? Let's go down this path. Yeah, right. No, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, and like I said, we had a mutual, our, our business attorneys were, they used the same firm, one of the same firms as, as we did. And, and I think a lot of him as well. And he always spoke very highly of Bobby. And I, I think, you know, like I said, in the interactions that we had, there was trust there. And it was really where, there was some timing component to it where we needed to work through it and, and it was complicated. So we had to find a partner that, that would understand that and, and, and work with us through that. So, you know, in, in my interaction with Bobby, he had some of that backdrop and, and it, it made it easier. And, and really from there, it just kind of snowballed and, and um, working through our legal group and, and collectively together it just ended up being the right decision and, and really one of the only decisions that we could to, to really clean up all the things that were going on and, and set the business up for success moving forward. That was my biggest concern is with all these distractions, what was going to happen? I mean, we have all these employees, which, you know, I'm responsible for. And it, it was, like I said, a very difficult trying time. And, and, and for me, uh, we needed stability. So um, that's really how, how it went. And, yeah, and I, I think initially, you know, 
we had a few discussions of just the, the, the overall business with, with Mark. We wanted to understand his strategy moving forward. You know, when we looked at four different businesses, putting four different businesses together at one time is, is not easy. So we had to, uh, to understand Mark's strategy, where he wanted to take it, why it made sense. And we had the utmost confidence in him, really. You know, at, at the end of the day, we were backing Mark. You know, it, inherently, it's, it's a great business. Um, in, in my mind, you know, you think the, the, the garage door business isn't very sexy, uh, but at the end of the day, whether you're a, a, a commercial enterprise or you're a residential home, if your garage door breaks, you don't care how much it costs. You care about how quickly someone can come out and fix it. So the price elasticity for, for in their business model is, is huge and the value that they could bring from being the only uh, company that has a national footprint uh, in, in the industry was certainly huge. So to, to understand Mark's strategy, and then what we had to do was once we understood that was really get our arms around, you know, to, to Mark's point, were, were, were these numbers with four different businesses and, you know, the, the manufacturing group selling to the distribution group, which was then selling to the customers, you know, when, when they're a combined entity, you know, so, so some of that intercompany stuff is going away. And then to really understand uh, the, the profit, because while somewhere on the, the SAP business one, the others weren't, they were on a different, well, SAP business one, but they weren't talking to each other and they were on a different version. So, you know, it was, it was yeah. a pretty complicated um, transaction that, it, you know, and he had, as you mentioned, hired an outside um, accounting consultant who, you know, she was an absolute blessing in this, in this process from both our perspective. And I think um, Mark's perspective, you know, when we're trying to get, numbers and, and, and understand it to put together a value for, you know, Mark and the other shareholders, um, something that was uh, of substance, something that was real and something that we could actually back um, and feel comfortable doing. Yeah. And I thought it was important too. Yeah. And I thought it was important too, to have somebody from the outside so that it wasn't skewed so that everybody trusted the process. Because I mean, I think with, when you have that many different people involved, um, it's important to have, you know, somebody independent looking at it versus so, so they don't feel like they're being screwed. So, you know, I think we spent a lot of time going through that. And, and, you know, just as we work through the, not just in the quality of earnings, but I mean, I did spend a lot of time with Bobby and the MCM team really talking strategy, right? Cause it's about where's the business going and, and what could it be, you know, and consolidating it um, and creating economies of scale and, and, and doing a lot of different things that we historically weren't able to do because of the different ownership it was just, it was really four separate businesses. So now consolidating this and, you know, like, like other business owners on there, you're working in the business all the time. It was, it was actually refreshing to be able to step back and, and think about the business strategically. And we spent a lot of time talking about that because that's, that's part of the value, right? Is yeah. where we can go with the business. So um, we spent a lot of time talking about that. And, and, you know, it's, it's for me, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to talk to other business people. I mean, when you're in the business working on it, I didn't, I didn't have an outlet to talk, talk about different things. So it, it was, it was awesome for me. So um, I just wanted to add that. No, I think, and I think it's, it's interesting because I think Mark, when you look at, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, it's all about where, where can we take whatever business it is? And then there's also the, I got to take care of myself. And so how did you balance those two things and get like kind of one layer on top of that is, so if you got this many partners in these businesses with these family members, you know, I'm assuming if you're like most 
owners and entrepreneurs, you probably sat down on a napkin going, if we mold these things together, I could buy these people out and I can hopefully get a certain dollar amount for you and or what the business is worth. And then did you have expectations coming from the family members of how much they wanted? And then how did you guys all have a price in mind of how this would work before engaging with Bobby or, you know, how, what was the benchmarks in your head? Uh, that you <laughs> Go into that shit show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the accountant that we had, um, was probably the resource that I, I think from a family perspective, they, he was, he was really the accountant for all of the family members. So I, you know, I, I think in his limited ability to understand the businesses and, and from a financial perspective, you know, he obviously put together a, a, you know, a pro forma to kind of put together what he thought made sense. Um, and then, like we talked about, we hired this outside person to come in and, and really look at it. And what, without getting into a ton of detail of the background of all the people, there was well, one of the family members was in investment banking. So he had obviously some background and understanding on how to how to look at some information. So I, I think collectively, um, we were we were able to come to an agreement or at least an understanding of what what the businesses were worth. Um, now, not everybody had ownership in the different businesses, so that's where it got a little more complicated. And I, I guess ultimately, everybody won because when we molded them together, they were worth more than were. I, I mean, if they were buying, if MCM was buying, and I don't speak for Bobby, but if they were buying them individually, there, there's no way they would have been as worth worth as much as they were together. So, I mean, everybody really won, and and putting a value on that. I think we had a, a framework for what that was, but. Um, you know, it was really going through the process and everybody was being educated on, uh, on that as we went along. So not, not, um, a, not, a, I, there wasn't a lot, but it sounds like there wasn't a lot of preconceived notions where you got people saying, I want this to walk away or I'm going to like sabotage the deal unless I get this, you know, from that part or. Yeah, I, I think there was some discussion. I know my partner had his perspective because, you know, for, for them, it's, um, and where they are in their careers, it's you know, for him is, is he employable and what can he do? So, it, 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 you know, is what I'm getting enough to, to, you know, Let allow me, me to retire sunset, yeah, yeah. And, and sunset. And uh, so he had a number and I think we worked around that framework. So, um, but understanding it all and, and it's more than just the number. And then from a tax implication standpoint and, and how it's distributed, um, we did work through a lot of that. So, but like I said, during that time, it, it was very toxic and there was a lot of things going on. So it just, yeah. to have rational discussion, it, it, it's, it's difficult at times. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, aside from the, the, the transaction that Mark had to, had to deal with. So ultimately, what we decided to do was um, two separate transactions <laughs> um, to, to alleviate a lot of the concern from family shareholders and then the other shareholders, um, you know, so that the distribution business was bought, um, what, what was assigned a value separate from the other three entities and the other three entities were, were bought together and then merged immediately after the, the transaction. So Bobby, how did you, you know, as the buyer looking at this in, and I know, us as entrepreneurs, we get, I mean, future strategy, if you got the energy and love your marketplace, I mean, it gets a lot of fun to talk about that, but then you got to deal with the reality that you're, that you're sitting in. So 
you know, as you're especially the shit show of four different companies and all the different, you know, buying and selling back and forth, how did you, you know, through the due diligence, how did you start going through that, through that? And then how did you replace the value on the current, you know, cause like Mark said, if you would have bought them separately, you mean, you could have had the opportunity to say, this is how we're going to do it. And then immediately place a different value and you could have rolled them together and had it been different immediately. So how did you balance, you know, as a buyer looking at, what they're currently going through and how did you look at and how did you get to that? And then, you know, what the value would be as if they were all together. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's a, it's an interesting question because of the the dynamic that was, was going on before the transaction given uh, four different businesses. So re- really, I mean, we put, and, and this goes back to what, when we talked on the first podcast is developing a relationship from both the buyer and seller standpoint is so huge because Getting to know Mark over that two-year time frame, uh, his character, the type of person he was, the type of business person he was, and the strategic mind that he had for, for, for this business before we really even got got involved was something that, that, that I really valued. So, so at the end of the day, you know, if, if I were to distill it down to something, is we really backed Mark. Now, could could we have paid, you know, in, in aggregate multiple arbitrage by buying the four businesses separately? Absolutely. But I want Mark to, what, what, one, I don't think we hit some certain shareholders' numbers if if we do that, and then a deal isn't done. Um, and then one, I I wanted Mark to be be able to um, get something for for the businesses that, that that he built that was fair, and then have him so motivated, um, you know, is he, you know, invested real dollars in the combined entity uh, to have him motivated to continue to, to to grow this business. Now, Mark's a certain person where I, you know, stayed right in front of him. I, I, money doesn't motivate him. Um, you, you know, it's it, it, it's nice to have that um, there, but if it, you know, if he didn't own as much as he does today. Of, uh, of of the business, I think just personally and how competitive he was. Because remember that first day on the golf course, <laughs> you know we 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 wanted to win. Um, you, you know it's it, it's it's personal satisfaction. Um, it's him caring about his employees and it, really where the business is is going to go to to create something. Um, you know he he had a vision. You know years ago, once he started the manufacturing side of the business, to really be a vertically integrated garage door solution provider. And, you know, he's, he's achieved a lot of those goals, but it's ultimately not where, you know, he wants it to be. Um, so from, from our standpoint, you know, it, it, it was really, it was really backing Mark and his strategic vision. Now we're buying uh, a company based on future potential, but also based off of historical earnings. Um, and, you know, trying to figure those out with the four, four different businesses was, <laughs> was you know, re- really the toughest part of this situation to be able to really understand the numbers and provide something uh, that was fair and equitable to, to all the shareholders. So can you give me like along the, you know, the due diligence, you know, how long did that take and what were some challenges that you guys experienced where it really pushed your, 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 your current relationship. You know, you, you talk about the relationship you, that you built where because you had the relationship, it allowed you to overcome some adversity that was going on between the, the two of you and the, the situation. Well, I, I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you should answer it first, you know, to get, to give them a real perspective. So I don't tell her it. And yeah. I mean, I guess, just from, from my personal experience and being involved in it, 
you know, for me, uh, owning a, a large percentage of three of the businesses and really just running the other entity, um, which actually had the highest amount of value, um, I wasn't really, uh, although it was, it was lucrative, it wasn't to a point where I could sunset anything. And it really wasn't, you know, I, I think like a lot of business owners, I, I bet on myself my whole life. And, and it was something that I wanted to do moving forward. And it was, you know, as we went through it, um, it was part of it. Um, in, in, you know, cashing in some chips, but it's really the, the future. And that's why I think we're so aligned together is it's, you know, with MCM is, you know, what can we do with the business? And there was a lot of limitations, not just from cash, but from resources. And, and as we, as we talked about it, it, it was really exciting because, um, there was just a huge opportunity, one to consolidate the entities, but also just things that I, I've thought about in, in, they just weren't reality because we didn't have the time and energy to do it. Um, so, you know, um, I, I, I think the process from, from start to finish, you know, during that whole process, I, our relationship, at least in my mind, wasn't tested at, at all. As, as a matter of fact, I think it got even stronger. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, you know, I think the trust part of it was, and I think we're both very candid. So there was no, uh, I mean, and I've, I've, I've been that way from, from day one. And I mean, if, if there's an issue, I, I, I bring it on the, you know, I put it on the table and I think we're, we're both that way. So, um, you know, we, we did talk about valuation a little bit and, and it was adjusted slightly. And, um, I talked about the reasons why, and we had that discussion, but you know, as far as the quality of earnings, um, that was more working with the with the accounting firm to try to come up with a way to actually <clears throat> effectively um, do it and come up with a present value. I mean, there was just the intercompany made it. Bobby talked a little bit about it, but we had parts that were being manufactured, sold into the distribution and then resold <laughs> and, you know, trying to come up with a revenue model and, and a gross profit model that that was you know, accurate, excluding that it, it, it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, you know, this is, it was the longest diligence period that, that we had. I think we signed the letter of intent in August. Um, and then we closed the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, you know, now some of that was one of our <laughs> best friends, the landlord in, yeah. in Arizona, which if Mark and I ever see him again, <laughs> It'll be if it'll he's be. on. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was just I, I I've never dealt with a human being. I don't know if I can call him a human being. I've never dealt with a person like that in my entire life. Crazy. And I hope to never ever deal with somebody like that again. Um, somebody who wasn't even involved. You know, uh, as a shareholder trying to submarine a transaction was crazy. Well, can you get was crazy? I think that's an interesting note because you got two people on two sides, a buyer and a seller, that are obviously working towards the same goal pretty effectively. And how something that was out of your control, Mark, which is a you know where you're renting from or whether you'd bought or what? How did you know what actually happened? Because I think there's stuff like this that business owners don't even think about that. Yeah, your business is all great, but like you know, there's certain things that trickle down, like the real estate. What what actually ended up happening? How did that potentially submarine the deal? Well, we we ended up sorting it out after a long drawn out process. I mean, it was really it, it was really just a contractual obligation. It was something where we were going to move from that 
from that facility anyways into a larger facility. I, I think lessons learned. I mean, we've done several additional expansions since then, and, and we, we address uh, some of the concerns that we had. And just, it was mind-boggling on, we would do everything to, and you know, it was working with old the old ownership team as well, because there was some costs involved, and it, it was really on, on, on making the space acceptable to him for us to exit. And I mean, we just went through, I don't know how many different versions. I mean, it took a month over a month to, to, to actually, and it, it was just crazy to think that something that trivial would, would hold up the deal, but it did. It, yeah. it, it, it did. And, and talking to him in person, he was so irrational. I had to pull over on the side of the road because I couldn't, I was going <laughs> to probably get into an accident if, if I didn't, but you know, it, it was the assignability of the lease. Yeah. Um, so, so now every time we look at a lease, especially here with, um, you know, as we're looking to move into larger buildings here with TGC and with other companies, it's really looking at that provision in, in the contract, you know, because at the end of the day, a landlord can hold up a deal based on that assignability clause um, in, in the lease. And really, you know, he was looking for, you know, a caulk and windows, paint, <laughs> you know, really minor things as he's going through there with a fine tooth comb just to try to stick it to us and hold stuff up. So it's and not, it, you know, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, we got through it. But. So it sounds like Mark that uh, the landlord was a bigger pain in the butt than Bobby's due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. so but, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. In all seriousness, seriousness, no. The, even though you had four entities and all the family members and stuff like that, was there any other red flags, Mark, that came up? Um, at you know, as you're looking at partnering with Bobby, and then also vice versa, Bobby. I mean, was there not much that actually ended up coming through this, even though it was the longest due diligence that you've done and probably very complicated? Well, I mean, I, I guess from, from my standpoint, it was really, you know, and not looking at the business, you know, and, and not that we weren't focused on profitability, we were, but, um, you know, when you're running a small business, um, and actually several of them, um, you don't always think about maximizing EBITDA or, um, you know, you're really trying to minimize tax. So, I mean, I just wanted through that process, and that's the other reason why we brought in an outside person, I wanted to make sure that it was right. And I think that was, from my standpoint, and working with with the team is making sure the information's right so we get a fair valuation. And um, it was it was definitely a process. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I can echo that. That was probably, and there weren't really any red flags you know, I, I think maybe, you know, the, the number that we agreed upon and then after going through Cohen diligence was maybe $50,000 less than what we agreed upon. But we, you know, at, at the end of the day, we just, it, it is what it is. And we kept our, our, our price where it was at. You know, the, the, the last thing I want to do after going through that process um, and putting my trust in, in markets to start off on the wrong, wrong foot, you know, at, at the end of the day, this fifty thousand dollars, you know, if you're assigning a multiple to it, you, you know, is, is a quarter of a million or three hundred thousand dollars going to do, you know, um, much difference, you know, when you're talking about growing a company, you know, in in terms of a, a you know multi million dollars, you know, so what we want to do is take a holistic approach, you know, start off on uh, on the right foot, and, and and we knew through Mark's strategy, you know, what he was going to do when the companies were vertically integrated, some of the costs that he could drive out of the business, we're going to more than make up for, you know, $50,000 of, of EBITDA. So in, in my mind, you know, no, there, there, there weren't very, 
many red flags at all once we got past and once we understood all the numbers from from the different entities. Yeah, from my standpoint, it, w- it wasn't as much private equity driven as it was trying to keep all the people that were involved, you know, and, and make sure that the process was done correctly so everybody would buy in and, and, and believe what we were actually doing. Because, I mean, you know, there was just a lot of different viewpoints, different things, and, and it was... Um, <laughs> It was a challenge. How did you guys go through that? So, you know, a couple of questions about the people. So there's probably the people that are the owners and the shareholders, but then there's the staff, you know, did, you know, maybe the, the second part and we can revisit that is I wanted to understand like how you guys ended up telling the staff and everything. But, you know, Bobby, you said you're backing Mark a lot of this way. And then, you know, Mark, I'm assuming you're sitting there going, okay, this is my way out of this mess. You know, how did you, did you have an idea what you were going to get and kind of what, like, what is it that you, you know, financially and then, you know, roles, responsibilities, at what point did that start to come, come to fruition? And how did you guys land on the structure for Mark in the, and how did you buy out the rest of the family members? Yeah, well, you, you know, again, we're, we're betting on Mark and we wanted Mark to, to own a significant percentage of the business moving forward. So, you know, he had ownership interest in the, the, the other three businesses. How, um, how, significant much, ownership. how much ownership was, so were you a controlling member, Mark? Basically, yeah, he, he was 51 for 50 to 51% of the other three entities. Okay. So you, um, but you, you, was, you it, made the ultimate decision of whether you wanted to go with Bobby or not. Yeah, well, it, 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 basically huh. even in the other transaction he did too, because he yeah. was the one running the ship for the other, for the, none of the family members were involved. So he was, you know, with, Without Mark, um, to to be fair, you know that that business is is worth half as much as it is, um, which you know goes back again to what we talked about in the podcast and the people is how important people are uh, to a specific business. So re- really, Mark drove the ship for all four uh, of of the businesses, even though he didn't have ownership in the uh, the, the largest one. So from from our standpoint, in 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 the people and in, 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 in backing Mark, we wanted him to have a significant uh, ownership percentage going forward. So he rolled over money um, to, to have a significant uh, equity. And then we also provided him with what, what, what we, what, what you can call his carried interest, um, you know, stock for a, a nominal a, a amount of money um, to really, you know, further align our interests. And then secondly, you know, maybe what we skipped over is, you know, Mark had a, a very important person in the manufacturing uh, part of the business. Uh, he was the, the COO. You know, Mark would, would, would talk to me about how important um, Joe is to the business and it, it, what he brings to the business. So I went out to uh, Evansville, Indiana with Mark to meet Joe in person, you know, to, to let Joe put a face behind private equity to um, really address you know, well, Mark and I talked about the vision of uh, of the business together as an entity, what it would mean for Joe uh, moving forward, and um, you, you know, kind of what what his concerns might be. You know, partnering with with private equity. So we we, we did that, and ultimately, what what we told him is, since he's so important to the business, we promoted him uh, to COO. We gave him, um, or Mark gave him a raise, um, and then we provided him equity into the combined business as a whole. Um, and, you, you know, it, it was a way to align everybody's interests. Um, you, you know, we have equity set aside for other key 
members of the management team. Um, and, you know, we, we, we look to, so really eight to 10% of the business is set aside for key executive team members aside from Mark. Interesting. And so Mark, when you went in this and as Bobby's kind of structuring this, did you, did you have any idea how or what or when you were going to get your money or your control or anything like that? Or, you know, what, what kind of preconceived notions did you have going in there? And then how did you end up coming to grips and being comfortable with what you ended up getting? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, and, and just to talk a little bit about the, the, the process, you know, internally, you know, as we were going through it, uh, you know, Joe was a key person. So we included him and there was a couple other people that um, were involved as well. So, but beyond that, nobody in the organization knew. And, and, you know, they, they, you know, from an outside standpoint, there was a lot of noise and I think people were trying to figure out what was going on. So, you know, one, one of the most difficult thing was, was trying to keep everybody calm and, and, you know, make sure that, um, and really how I position with everybody is, is this is what the business needs to move forward versus, you know, if something were to happen and it got dismantled and the family fractured, I mean, who, who knows what, what happened to the business? Um, you know, as far as um, coming up with a value, it, it took some time. And I, and I had a couple people that I reached out to as far as, you know, really um, how it was going to work for me. And, and, not owning, you know, owning a, a large portion of the three of the businesses and not of the one, um, com- coming to grips with what that is and what that looked like, it, it, it took me a while. And, um, but I knew it was the right decision for the business. So um, it was really as much of a business decision as it was just personally, because I knew moving forward, like I said, I, I bet on myself. So um, with, with more upside, and that's really how, how we ended up structuring it, I knew if if we all won together and, and I, I was confident in what the business could do and, and the opportunities that we talked about and and really a fresh start where um, and we can we can talk post transaction and, and what we've done since then. But I mean, um, yeah, it, it definitely took a while to come up with um, what was right. And I, I, I talked to my wife a lot. And and, you know, I think as a lot of people, as they're going through this, you know, one of the things was the flexibility part of it. When you're when you're a privately held company, and you know, there's just a lot of things that you can do, and and um, you know, just just different things as far as how the business is run, and and your time, and and moving around, and and doing different things with the money versus once it's restructured. Um, not that not not from my standpoint, actually, it was a ton different, but I think a lot of a lot of business owners think about that as it, as they work through the process. So, but, you know, for me, um, you know, I had a, like I said, I had a big portion in, in several of them. Um, but now it was an opportunity to, to own um, a portion, a, a good portion of all of the entities. And as one business, you know, there was a lot of upside. So, I mean, that's really my mindset. And kind of as I was working through it, um, how we came to a, a final deal. So, yeah, and, and Mark and I also, came together in in my office and I walked him through the model yeah um, and, and showed him the different growth in, in the business mark what do you believe in um, you know let's go worst case you know business case and best case and I'll show you you know what that means to you um, in, in terms of where we hit you know certain numbers and you know after walking through that um, you know he, he certainly was 
was a lot more comfortable and, and understood, um, you know, what, it, it, at least how it would benefit that not only him, which is what I love, but his entire team. Well, and, um, I, and I think that's you know, important because I think, you know, and, and I believe based on, you know, the fact that there's some history now since the partnership was formed, but a lot of people do that, right, Bobby? And a lot of people, it's all the blue sky, all this other BS. And, you know, obviously you guys had a relationship that you'd built to trust each other on that. But, you know, Mark, did you want a certain dollar amount down? And how, like, how did you guys actually structure? Because you got to mitigate some risk unless you, unless you rolled all of your money right back into the, into the whole new entity. But, you know, was it a certain money down? And then there's all that upside with the equity and the bigger picture. But then also, how did you guys get to what kind of control that you have to be able to get those numbers? So I don't know if you want to just share how you structured your, your comp plan and then also the roles and responsibilities. To make sure that what Bobby was pitching was actually going to actually going to happen, you could see it. Yeah, well, I, I I can at least start on the the, the structure, and then Mark can hit on um, you know the, the the control part for for him. Um, you know, we we structured it as a preferred and common stock. The the preferred carrying, you know, I think it's a five or six percent uh, dividend. I have to look um, mm-hmm. back at the documents. So basically, you know, Mark rolled over uh, real dollars. In, in the preferred, which also bought him common. So, it, you know, in, in our structure, if you look at a preferred and common structure, it's, it's a 6% preferred or deferred dividend. So basically, it's almost like another layer of, of debt. It's just, you know, protecting a little bit of, of the downside, you know, from, uh, from an equity standpoint. But at, at the end of the day, you know, what we talked in on the first podcast is, you know, what private equity is underwriting to generally speaking, you know, it, it, currently right now it's 17 to 20%, but historically it's been 25 to 30%. So if we're only earning 6%, that's senior lending numbers and we're not making any money. So you, you look at the 6% as, as a hurdle, everything after that is all upside. So if you believe in the business and you believe it can certainly earn more than, than 6%, um, you know, and then uh, we're we're offering common stock for nominal amounts. So generally speaking, the majority of the money goes in is preferred. So just for easy math, say it's a ten million dollar equity deal, nine point nine million goes in as a preferred, and a hundred thousand dollars goes in as common. So what we can do is provide upside. You know, so you know from from our standpoint, if you pr- provide upside, twenty percent of the business for twenty thousand dollars. That's it. What's great about that structure secondarily is that management team. So when we set aside eight to 10% of the common stock for management, they can write a check for, you know, a thousand or $2,000 to get 2% of the business. They could not, at least most small businesses, unless you're really overpaying your employees, <laughs> uh, that uh, they, the, the VP of sales and marketing, you know, doesn't have $200,000 uh, to spend, you know, for for two percent of the business, so that's that's how we structured it for for Mark. So Mark rolled over real dollars into the preferred, and then we provided him, you know, a, a lot of the upside in, in in the common. We were happy to give that up because at the end of the day, he's the one running the damn business. Um, you, you know, it's it's Mark is is. Um, operationally in control of the business. So Mark, Mark, did you leave, did you take any chips off the table or did you roll the entire um, payment right into the business? No, I, I did. Um, I, I would say 
I reinvested 30%. Um, and then obviously the common side of it was the upside, which I was most interested in. So, I mean, I think structurally it worked for me. So, you know, I was, and, and again, it wasn't, I wasn't the only one involved in the transaction. So, I mean, I think, you know, my analysis was a little different than if I was just, if I owned everything myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me with, with all the complications and everything that was involved, it was a great deal for me. Probably seemed like freedom <laughs> compared to what you were doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like William Wallace at the end of Braveheart. I know it was a, it was a, yeah. well, why don't you talk about, cause I, I, I think, you know, if, uh, Ryan has a lot of business owners on, on there. Um, you know, the, the second part of the question was, and I, I'd be interested to, to hear your answer is the, the concern over, you know, uh, what you want to do with the business, strategic direction, uh, that sort of thing. Operationally, what would what would it look like? What what were you nervous about? You know, as you looked at a transaction. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, and we, and we spent a lot of time talking, Bobby and I, and and, and really the MCM team about it. And um, you know, I think a lot of people, and, and you know, being a when we were a small business, I think a lot of people, including myself, are you know, you're always apprehensive to, to bring on a lot of um, cost. So regardless of what it is, you know, in hiring high level people, um, it's just, I think we're more conservative about that. And, and it probably restricts growth to some level. And, and really, in thinking about the business moving forward, um, you know, I think I, I was just able to process it and, and think about the future more. And, you know, I think from an executive team standpoint, it, it really brought a lot of light around, I needed some help. <laughs> and, um, you know, we can talk about that, but I mean, we, we brought on an executive team and, and um, you know, we implemented some strategic planning and, you know, bringing all that together. I mean, we really created a, a you know, a, a foundation for the business that's been transformational. And um, did, did you have any apprehension about you know, now I won't be able to run the business like I want to, you know, or, you yeah, know. I, I mean, not really. I mean, I think with the discussions that we had and, and, you know, I, I guess, I guess maybe a little, but I mean, uh, we had talked a lot prior to that. So, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, and really what, what, what MCM says is, you know, what's going to change and, and they say nothing. And, and to be honest, you can say that, and I guess now a year, you know, about a year and a half after that, that is the truth. And, and, you know, they are hands off, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess there was some anxiety on, you know, and making every decision and, you know, really going from an owner to, to, I guess I don't look at it as an employee, but I mean, you're, you're reporting to other people. It's, it, you know, it, it weighed on me a little, but I mean, like I said, in the, in the circumstance that I was under, um, and, you know, in, in prior life, I, you know, I've, I've worked in big companies, small companies, worked for people. So, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a way one off where, it, you know, it would have been a difficult thing. So, I mean, um, yeah, I guess it was a concern, but it, it was just one of, I guess, one of many things that was being processed at the time. Well, I just think it's an interesting thing because, you know, it, it, there's so much, you know, 
as you guys have, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about how long it took you guys to build the relationships and getting aligned with the strategic vision. Cause I think the biggest apprehension that, that a lot of people have is, okay, I'm now going to be a shareholder and not necessarily in control of the vision of where I want to take my baby. Right. And the fact that if there's ever an, un, you know, not an alignment with you and Bobby, I mean, he, you, you could technically be fired, even though you'd still own the shares. I mean, it's something that kind of freaks a lot of people out and it's, it's, it's a, interesting hurdle and probably sabotages a lot of deals out there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I think probably the, the confidence I had in the vision of the business and, and where I wanted to take it and really the discussion I had with Bobby and, and MCM, I think, you know, we were really aligned and I, I think they believed it. I obviously believed it. And I, I think that mitigated a lot of, a lot of those concerns. What were some of the things that you saw like when you when you see, look at the uh, strategic plan and the future where you're going, Mark, and all this stuff as you started to get excited about what would be possible? What were the what are the benefits of private equity that people probably don't have in their current situation? You had mentioned some staff stuff, but I and I think maybe I'll just take a little note where it's coming from because I had a bunch of appointments with clients recently where. The traditional banking model doesn't usually adhere and help people with growth versus having different kind of resources. So is it resources from money, from strategy to, you know, what are the different things that were, you know, you say nothing's changed over the last 18 months, but I, I guess the certain things are with you, what you've been doing and you've the growth that you've had. So what, yeah. are the, what are the different resources that you got available to you? Yeah. And what I meant about nothing changed, it was really, that was the communication we provided to the employees that it was really invisible to them. I mean, from 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 my from my standpoint, you know, when we developed the and I and I I relate it to creating because you know there is more requirements. I mean, from just running the day to day, now we have a, a quarterly board meeting. We provide monthly write ups. Um, that's different, right? And it and it was something where when it was just me, it, it was kind of overwhelming to try to think about that. Where you know I'm gonna have to do all of this additional stuff. Um, that's why you know it, it's not you know, it's part of it, but as we built the executive team and, and we got more talent around, um, around me, it, it made that easier. I, I kind of relate it to a lesson plan, like, like, like being a teacher. Once, once you put it together from a, from a board standpoint and a monthly write-up, then you're, you're kind of, you're updating it and working through it. So it was really putting a, and getting into a cadence with the, with the team and, and the board, um, and the executive team. I mean, uh, it, it's just um, it, it was it was something that took a while, um, and, and I and I definitely had some anxiety about it when we when we first made the decision and and we we got into the new relationship and and that's why I think you know creating the roadmap and and putting the executive team together and go through strategic planning because it wasn't just you know becoming part of private equity it was also rolling four businesses into one and they weren't the same culturally um, we had different people involved. And merging all that together, um, it, it was a the last year year and a half has been a very challenging time, but it's been also been very rewarding. And you know, just to talk about the 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 board for for instance, um, you know, Bobby spent a lot of time creating a lot of value around that. It's not I don't look at it as a requirement. You know, I think that's that, that's probably a perception out there. And, and for for me. Um, He's put together a, a high-powered board where we really bring, and, and really, and it's not just me; it's our executive team. We, we bring the state of the business and what's going on, and the challenges of the business, and, and opportunities, and we collectively talk about that. I, I don't look at that as 
you know, a requirement or some additional work that we have to do at the time to talk about the business. And, and again, I think that's why we can talk a little bit about the strategic planning and we implemented the traction process. Um, and that's a, that's a common language, a common terminology for the, uh, for the business. Um, it, it's been, you know, and I, and I think really all of that together, it's allowed us to, you know, we've moved three facilities. We, we implemented and consolidated our ERP into one. Um, I don't think we could have done that without the whole team that we had in place. So kind of talking all over, but no, I mean, no, it, it's helpful. Uh, and Bobby, like what, how do you figure out, you know, so Mark just said, said a lot of things, which is great because there's obviously a lot of voids and or layers that you provided. How did you determine and together or whether it's you, Bobby, as you're going through due diligence and looking at the opportunity as well from an investment perspective, how did you determine how to, who you are going to put on the board and what, what holes they were missing to make sure that all that was possible? Yeah, so it's a, it, it's a good question. First, I always like to put one of our senior operating partners or another person from MCM on the board. And specifically because, you know, I, I'm a people person and love to develop relationships. And Mark and I have become very, very close um, now over almost four years. And, you know, sometimes I may lose the forest through the trees because of our, you know, relationship, or I, I could now, you know, TGC has performed extremely well, you know, so the, the, there hasn't been any instances, but, you know, in, in the case where a business wasn't performing, I, I might be more biased um, than, than I should be. And it would be more on Mark's side. So I always try to have, you know, a very experienced person from MCM, whether another managing director or, a senior operating partner who has business experience on there to be more of, of the deferential um, partner. Uh, then we, what, what we'd like to do is, is try to provide value for businesses from entrepreneurs that have experience. You know, I, I mentioned, I think in the, the first part podcast, uh, our investor base, the majority of our investor base, are high net worth individuals that have, you know, been successful running their specific companies and likely have exited uh, to, to really achieve their their net worth. And one one of them in, in in particular was a is a very pragmatic thinker, probably one of the smartest people that I've um, encountered in in met, and is very measured and calculated in his thoughts and in his guidance. And he comes actually from a standards that he owned a manufacturer of standards and reagents serving the biopharma industry. So why the hell would I put him on the board of a garage door business, right? You know, Mark's like, what, what the hell is Bobby thinking right now? Um, yeah, you know, but the, 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 you know, we had very, um, I mean, and, and I introduced him to, to you. We have some very good contacts that were in the garage door market, actually. You know, guys that used to run companies like Wayne Dalton. But the garage door market is, it's a mature market. Uh, and, and what I wanted to do, and you know, and I talked collectively with, with, with Mark because you know he knows the business. I didn't want to be myopic in my thought process. Was to find somebody outside of the garage door market because business is business at the end of the day, um, and to find somebody with a fresh perspective, you know, that that ran both a manufacturing and a distribution business, with which is what Torsion Group is right now, a manufacturing and a distribution business. So the challenges that you face in a distribution business and the challenges that you face in a manufacturing business aren't usually the same. Then when you have them as one business to find somebody that can understand that and help Mark 
you know, with the challenges, I, I think, you know, one of the things that Mark and I talked about before is it was always, it, it was always him. He had nobody really to bounce ideas off of, um, it, you know, strategically to, to think about the business in a different way or to challenge him, you know, to really say, Hey, is this, is this best for the organization or have you thought about doing X, Y, and Z? Um, so we brought David on and at least in my opinion, I don't know, maybe you can, board meetings are terrific. Um, I, I love uh, the, the banter. I love um, the accountability uh, that's, that, that, that's being created in, in, in the challenges that they pose to, to the management team. There was one particular board meeting when, you know, the, the, the guys, both the, the CEO and, and Mark were looking at a, another opportunity, but it was going to take them in a strategic direction different from the garage door market. And we brought everybody back to, to, to really focus, you know, and it goes back to, to traction is your mission and vision statement of what you want to be. And, you know, it, it was hard. It was a hard pill for them to swallow, I think, at first. They're really excited about the opportunity and it could, it could have added significant revenue right right away. Uh, but I, I think in the long run, you know, we're better off for it. And now, you know, 18 months in, because this was rather soon, wasn't it? Probably six months in, <laughs> um, you know, that it's uh, it. it we made the best decision as as a board together. Yeah, and I, I would just add that, you know, it's definitely made me a better leader. I mean, and we talk about a lot of, you know, I, I talk to Bobby weekly, but I mean, you know, just from a, from a quarterly standpoint, um, you know, that cross-functional team, when we're, we're in the business and it is myopic and you're, it's good to get a fresh perspective. And, um, you know, each meeting that we have, it gets better and better. So, I mean, um, like I said, it, it's been it's been transformational for us, and I mean, I, I think what we've put together now collectively, um, we're really set up for success, and it's it's an exciting time for the business, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a really good deal. And I think it, you know, there's a lot to be said in, in in the the relationship and the communication that you guys have had, and 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 I know we're getting short on here on time for you, Mark, but like, I, I got one interesting question. Do you think that any of this would have been possible had you not spent two years getting to know each other before you ran into the, the situation? No. I think it's a big deal because a lot of people, they wait till they're burnt out and they're, they're in a shit storm and they got to pull a trigger and they don't have anything sitting there as an option, which is a huge, and, and then, you know, like Bobby, you and I were talking in the last episode where, then you end up forced into a you know a relationship with someone that's got money and you have no idea what the other side's going to look like. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, I think, like I said, it was really a comfort level and, and it became very, it, it was a difficult situation and everybody, everybody has their own circumstance. But I mean, for us, um, it, it was just a great opportunity and it, and it wouldn't, I don't think it would have even been an option if, if we didn't have and build that relationship prior to that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think from my perspective, I, I think the answer would be the same too, Ryan, because, you know, if, if Mark were to come to me, you know, without having known him and say, hey, you know, I have these four disparate businesses. <laughs> we got a lawsuit going on with the family. <laughs> Are you in? For sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, getting to, to know him and his, uh, you know, personally, you know, I, I, I think is as important as it was um, professionally uh, was very important to to me. You know, is uh, this was the the largest equity check that we had written um, as a firm 
um, in, in, in our history originally. And, you know, I was going to be the one being held responsible for it. And, you know, to have um, Mark behind it uh, provided me with the utmost confidence, um, you know, to, to, to really make that bet on, on him, on TGC uh, and, and his people in the business. I think it's pretty cool, guys, because you know it's a good story that you guys have that debunks a lot of the stuff that's out there, and it just takes work that you've proven that that has to be done. And it's a it's a nice story that to know that there's there's hope out there for the people with all the money and all the it, for for both sides, right? That there's options out there for people to because private equity is a good scenario for a lot of different situations. But then to be able to get the power to do the due diligence on the the private equity firm as well. So kind of just making sure that it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, I think is important for the listeners to know. Um, as we're wrapping up here, guys, you know, Bobby and Mark, I'll, I'll leave you guys each with one question. You know, if, if there's one thing, Bobby, when, that you're, that you want to highlight, or if you to leave the listeners with when you're looking at a potential buy, what, what are the things that they should be thinking of? And then Mark, you know, what are the, what are the things that a listener that is a you know business owner should be, what, what should you leave them with when you're in looking at the private equity world that you would leave them with? So maybe, you know, Bobby, uh, after you first. Yeah. So um, if, if there's something I can leave the listeners with it, is to really understand uh, the group that you're looking to, to partner with. Now you not might always not have that, that two to five years to develop a relationship, you know, as, as circumstances happen. But if, if you can, you know, afford yourself the opportunity to really get to know who your partner is going to be, uh, because at the end of the day, it is going to, to be a marriage. At the very least, if it's more, if it's not, not a courting, it's more of a, a shotgun marriage, you know, it, at least spend the time getting references from the private equity firm and not just the, the references from CEOs or, um, portfolio companies that they're currently partnering with because odds are those are, are going to kind of be skewed because at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're the, they're employees and they have to answer to the private equity firm. Um, but businesses that have exited uh, where the private equity firm has exited um, portfolio companies where you get an unbiased view from an owner entrepreneur of, of who they were as people, what value they added to, uh, to, to the business and how they acted. I think that's very important. Yeah, and I, and I would say that um, definitely having an understanding of who you're working with, what you're dealing with, what their strategy is, because it, it really is, as Bobby said, it's a marriage, and, and you will spend a lot of time working with them, and if you're not comfortable with that, it, it'll be a very difficult thing. So, um, you know, I, I just just personally, um, this has worked out great for, for us, but, you know, everybody's different, and um, there, are, there are a lot of different options out there. Um, but I would say definitely understand who you're working with, build a relationship with them, understand it. I mean, you know, as far as the numbers go, you know, you could come up with a quality earnings and you can, I mean, what, what was great about MCM is, is they're strategic and they were more than just numbers people. I mean, because it really is about people. And at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with that, um, and you're not working together and aligned, um, it, it becomes very difficult and then, and you could, Take something that's really good and turn it into a bad, you know, a, a bad situation. So, 
I guess that's what I would say. I appreciate it, guys. I mean, I know it's a unique situation um, coming out the other end and being partners and um, Bobby letting Mark actually uh, actually tell the truth on everything that he wanted. And it's... And it's it's a unique relationship that is, uh, I think it's highly valuable for everybody. So I, I appreciate you both coming on the show. Yeah, yep. no, no problem. And, and if you choose the right partner, that relationship isn't, isn't that unique. That, that, that relationship is more commonplace. And then actually, again, I almost forgot again, Bobby, what's the Bobby Mark, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Uh, so my direct dial is 216-514-1843. My email is Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y at mcmcapital.com. And my number is 330-612-7947. My email is M-C-A-L-C-A-T-E-R-R-A at action-ind.com. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks for having us on. Thanks. Thanks for sticking in there. I hope you had as much fun listening to the bantering with Mark and Bobby and I as I did doing the interview. And if I were to take a couple major things away from that is the importance of building a relationship ahead of time before you end up partnering up with anybody is nothing short of one of the most important things that you can do. Spending the time right now, way ahead of time before you actually want to sell to get to know the players, the people who might actually provide you of the exit, whether it's suppliers or vendors or private equity firms or whoever it might be, you got to do it now before the decision to sell comes to fruition because Bobby and Mark, there's no way they could have done this had they not had two years of knowing each other and how they were going to react and how they were going to strategize going forward because in the middle of due diligence, when you're negotiating with someone, it, it really has to come down to logic and you have to separate the emotion from the logic. And in order to do that, it takes a solid foundation of a relationship. And I think another thing that I wanted to highlight for everybody is that Mark got crazy lucky because of that relationship and having Bobby as a friend in order to pull the trigger like he did. Had he not had that relationship or done anything, he would have been totally SOL. And I also believe that had he had more options in the hopper, he would have been able to do anything that he wanted. He still might have chosen Bobby and MCM, but he would have known that there was other options out on the table to buy out the family, to work things in, and he might have had different negotiating terms. So I think options and spending the time to meet the different players in the marketplace is nothing short of the most important thing that you can be spending your time on if you're not working in the business. So work on the business, not in it, and build the relationships with the people that matter. If you really enjoyed the episode, go on to iTunes, give me a rating. Otherwise, I will see you next week.